Isaiah 42, 1-9 Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things I have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Well, as we continue through Isaiah, we're joined by a first timer, a rookie ODR oh, all-star today, the great Tally Coughlin. Oh my. Um, you might know Jordan Coughlin and you know, you probably have mixed feelings about Jordan, but <laughs> to know Tally is to respect her. And uh, so uh, we are continuing on through Isaiah. We're in chapter 42. Uh, the title in the ESV of today's passage is the Lord's chosen servant. And Matthew in his gospel account actually cites uh, verses three and four. Um that whole idea of he, you know, well, actually, no, sorry. He, he quotes like most of this uh, beginning of the passage as he's beginning to make this claim in the gospel of Matthew that this is Jesus. So yeah. we're looking directly at Jesus today and yeah. a very uh, important passage of scripture for the early church and their understanding mm. of the Messiah. And I mean, what a beautiful image, you yeah. know, it's this, it's this very gentle, kind savior uh, a bruised reed you know he, he won't even step on it and yeah. break it like he, he's coming for the weak for the faintly burning yeah um and that he's going to make uh he, he will be a light for the nations mm -hmm. so so much powerful imagery here tally what are your thoughts on everything going on here in uh isaiah 42 1 through 9 there's so much beauty in this, I think one of the things that stands out is, um, as I was reading it, my first response is to think about what this says to me about me. But then, thanks to the Holy Spirit, I am like looking at these words, and the more important thing is what this is saying about who God is. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think, the most important thing we can do when we read scripture is not what does this say about me, but what does this tell me about who God is? Mm -hmm. And, you know, <laughs> It tells us that he's merciful mm -hmm. and gentle and kind, but it also tells us that he is in control and that he is the creator of all things. And so I think, you know, at first glance, it's reminding us of who God is. And when we look at who God is, it reminds us of the covenant that he has made to us and that we are his creation. Um, mm -hmm. And that I love how it says in verse six that he has called us in righteousness and he will take us by the hand and keep us, you know, 
when we're in our weakest moments, I think often we think that we need to show up on the scene with some swagger or strength yeah. and like, you know, God saved me to be strong for the kingdom. I, you know, we want to pull ourselves up, but this passage is such a gentle invitation to just show up as you are mm. and rest in the Lord. Um, and then, you know, going further that he is going to open the eyes of the blind. I mean, this is all his doing. He stretched out the heavens. He opens the eyes of the blinds. He brings the prisoners out from the dungeon. Um, it's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a uh, sweet eight-year-old Caroline Kessler and the 9 a.m. service yeah. yesterday, uh, she, yesterday, as of the day we were recording this episode, <laughs> um, so a few weeks ago for you listeners, she shared her testimony and was baptized and it, it was so sweet mm. and powerful. And there's something about hearing the gospel, you know, verbalized and yeah. processed through a childlike lens. And we're actually, you know, told that that is kind of the highest way of understanding the gospel yeah. by Christ. And uh, she had this line that she said that made me cry and I get chills and it breaks my heart in a great way yeah. every time I think about it. But she was talking about watching her mom as she was kind of asking all these big questions about God. She watched her mom go through this really hard season of loss, mm. but with hope mm. for the first time. Yeah, And that was kind of like her first interaction with hope. And she said, I realized that God saves us because he wants to be friends forever. Oh, precious. And that like was so sweet and i mean it's amazing because like that's true like that's just the truth of the gospel here in isaiah 42 we see that that god is sending this chosen servant um not because he just wants law and order by any means necessary not because he wants a kingdom of slaves uh to serve him and glorify him you know his glory is made known through the heavens yeah uh well without without our help yeah but he he pines for our friendship. He, mm. He's jealous for our hearts, not because he needs us, but because he is a God of love. Yep. And so we see that so clearly in this, that God would actually send his own son, mm-hmm. uh, the fulfillment and embodiment, you yeah. know, this Trinitarian son uh, as a covenant for his people, as yeah. a light for the nations. Yep. And not just to the rich and powerful and right. mighty of the earth, but to prisoners, to blind men, for people sitting in darkness. And so that should just lead us to a place of profound worship and gratitude. Well, and I think if we blink, we might miss a really profound moment in the very beginning, Mm. which God is saying that he is sending the one in whom his soul delights. Mm. He's not just sending, you know, a sacrifice or my best, you know, calf over here or this other thing. He's sending the one in whom he delights Mm. to be the covenant maker, keeper, holder um, Mm -hmm. for all of us. And so, I mean, that just shouts love. That shouts, you know, it prepares us to be worshipful um, of the sacrifice that Jesus made and and also that God made, Mm -hmm. you know, that he gave the thing that was dearest to him, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, eternally worshiping one another, eternally perfectly loving one another. And yet in love to heal and restore all that sin had been broken, mm-hmm. sent the most beloved thing to him. It's mm-hmm. just what makes you want to just pause and say, thank you Amen. as if that were enough. Amen. And you know, that's kind of all the like looking backward uh, part of this passage, like looking back at the sacrifice of Christ. Yeah. 
And I think another uh, just beautiful sort of facet of this passage is the looking forward part, Mm. which is what is Christ going to bring and what's he going to bring when his kingdom is fulfilled? And, you know, verse one says he will bring forth justice to the nations, a God who brings forth justice. And that's a profound thing that we would probably do well to elevate more in our understanding of the gospel and especially how we take that out into the world. Um, I love reading novels and a lot of the books that I've read, this has actually become something that I think about all the time, but you read like the bluest eye by Toni Morrison Mm. or, um, you know, demon Copperhead by Barbara Copperfield or something. Anyways, um, (laughs) basically it's these books where these protagonists just go through great abuse and suffering and it's really terrible. And it Mm kind of just displays the sadness of so many people's lives. And one of the things reading these like non-Christian secular novels that has really stood out to me is I'm so grateful to know that justice gets the final word. Yeah. That one day evildoers will be punished Mm -hmm. and that good will be upheld. Yeah. And that is one beautiful thing that you as a Christian have that, you know, your, your non-Christian coworkers and family and friends and neighbors do not have the comfort of, but they can, but they don't have that in everyday trials is justice will get the final word. And that's the type of King that we look forward to. Yeah. When he's a King, that's not not like the kind of King that we would be, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the kind of leader that some of us tend to be, like it says in verse two, he will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. We walk in and we want to be seen and heard (laughs) and we make a ruckus and we, often in our sinfulness can take advantage of people and step on the bruised and weak person and climb over them for our own Mm. good. Um, And so even God being the one who brings out justice, our measure and understanding of what justice actually is, is not what God says is just Mm -hmm. and good. And we are incapable of bringing justice in the perfect sense that God, only God can do. Mm. And so like reading through this, I just keep seeing how unlike God I am and how I want to be more like him. And um yeah, how how much weakness I come in here with and um, rely on his strength to fulfill justice and uphold the covenant and give light to the nations. Mm, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, McClish, either yesterday or a couple of days ago, she dropped like maybe the best line that I've ever heard. And she actually said it would be an awesome tattoo. So okay, come on, some share. food for thought. Hey, wait, I want to hear it because I'm all about getting my next tattoo. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, but, you know, she was just, we were kind of talking about this sort of theme that Isaiah is building. And she was like, what better truth is this than that we, or God gets the glory and we get the good. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just reminded of that That's reading good. verse eight. I am Yahweh. That is my name. My glory I give to no other. But, okay, what is he, what is this glory? Where is he getting this glory that he's talking about? It's by bringing out prisoners from the dungeon, Mm -hmm. from the prison, those who sit in darkness. It's giving sight to the blind. It's a God who's glorified by the goodness that flows out from him and the the justice and equity that flows out from him. Yes. So, man. Uh, such a powerful we could go for hours just going into these images (laughs) truly but you know people are their drive to work is almost done (laughs) and uh, we've got more to accomplish today so we're gonna continue on through isaiah 42 tomorrow 
Until then, for Tally Coughlin, this is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.